Armstrong and Joe Getty. And now, here's Armstrong and Getty. Studio C. See you, senor. Dimly lit room deep within the bowels of the Armstrong and Getty Communications compound. We're into spring now. It is now spring. Today we're under the tutelage of our general manager, Alejandro Mayorkas. Uh, is that a standout from the NCAA tournament? <laughs> or the winner of a Latin Grammy? No, that's the musically named Homeland Security Director under Joseph R. Biden, who's so screwed up the border that even the liberal media is killing them for it. Alejandro Mayorkas. He went on every show yesterday, every single one of your Sunday shows yesterday, to announce one several phrases he's got on every show, so you always know that's not an accident. The border is closed, he said on every show. In which direction? Because it ain't closed northward. <laughs> They're trying to tell the world, stop coming. But we'll see if that works. Bah, bah! And it's spring now, so I'm wearing a seersucker suit, white shoes, straw, straw hat. Straw how hat. You, how do you keep it so clean? Mine gets sweaty. You got to get a new one every year. Ah. Yeah. It's just part of the deal with this being a straw hat guy. And the white shoes, every bit as clean as the hat. Really yeah. impressive. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. It's very spiffy. It. It's sharp, man. <laughs> I walked in the door, and people were looking at double takes. Oh, it's fantastic. <laughs> I like the impression I make. Yeah, um, looking like Mark Twain. Uh, yes, we got to talk about the border stuff. They got a new COVID drug, it looks like, that's going to get approved. So we'll add another one to the list of drugs that they're putting out there. My brother, who was originally not going to get the shot, no way. Then changed his mind middle of last week. Hmm. Got it and got the Johnson one shot oh, dose. That lucky guy. Dirty dog. Yeah. Did he explain to you how and why his attitude changed so much? No, I haven't asked him. It was right after Trump said it was okay to take it, so I don't know if that had anything to do with it or not. Huh. Uh, it might have. Boy, I feel liberated, man. I feel like a superhero since. And I've just had my one shot of the Pfizer. But, uh, you know, according to Britain's experience and most of the data so far, if you get one, you're in pretty good shape right. for avoiding a uh, like a hospitalized case. So this new AstraZeneca that they banned in Europe for briefly, uh, we're going to prove here in the United States, it's 79% effective. But is that that same BS reporting? 79% effective about against getting anything at all, even the, you know, a runny nose? Or right. is it close to 100% effective of keeping you out of the hospital or dead? Yeah, you have to read down to paragraph 17 of most of the articles to get to that fact. And actually, I don't know, since, again, I am a superhero. I've been vaccinated. Um, but, yeah, it, those God, that media is so terrible. Is it 79% effective against all cases, against symptomatic cases, against hospitalized cases, or against death? I suspect very strongly it's against all cases, which is meaningless. I don't care right. if I get the sniffles. If they reported it the same way as they did the other drugs, then uh, they're uh, they're just talking about all symptoms which is a stupid way to report it <laughs> but right whatever right. what are you gonna do uh what's the other story i'm hot to trot about oh yeah the, the, a couple of things on 60 minutes last night about uh schools opening up the 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 school crowd won i just i just have to accept that so i don't go crazy the other side won and sometimes you lose and mm-hmm. uh, you know my point of view lost it is a very expensive very damaging loss it's, it's it's one of the bigger losses out there but it's over lost um, the, m- most of America thinks that they did their best. They couldn't open. 
that those hundreds of billions of dollars were absolutely necessary and that they are now opening up. So I, I just can't fight it anymore because I don't know what to do. Well, one more note to uh, challenge your acceptance. We have yet to reckon fully with the scope of the tragedy. How how awful are the outcomes to the kids' souls, their education, their earning power over their lifetime? We don't know yet. And I tell you what, that 60-minute piece last night was galling. It was just, it was a spin fest. I mean, it wasn't as naked as like reading something in the USA Today, which is totally shameless. But it was, it was all, I mean, it was paid for by the uh, National Teachers Association. Or at least that's the feel it had. Uh, the other story in 60 Minutes I thought was good was that first one about the, the they're still trying to figure out the storming of the Capitol. They still don't know uh, if it was a coordinated effort and if it was among who and everything like that. They're still trying to uh, nail that down. But they showed some interesting videos of uh, military formations and that sort of stuff by the groups of people that were the most Kevlar'd up. So it would seem there was something going on, but they haven't uncovered it yet. Now, I thought in the modern day of Internet and all that sort of stuff, they would they would they would unravel that pretty quickly. But they have not. Yeah, I mean, you get outed on the Internet for everything. Did you see that story by any chance? I didn't. I skipped that one for some reason. I just, just wasn't in the mood. So the the law enforcement dude or FBI dude, I should know who he was. That was uh, the the main guy that was interviewed. He went down to the Capitol in his sweats that morning, just you know, to keep an eye on the rally, see how things were going. But he wasn't expecting anything big. And he went down there. And he walked around. And he said it was like a festival. They were selling hot dogs and balloons and T-shirts, and everybody was in a good mood. And he said, "No, okay, I've seen this before." Uh, wasn't worried about it at all. He said, then there were some people around that were like, you know, all Kevlar'd up. They were like stood out as what is going on there. And they left the speech way early. And he noticed that. And so he walked with them. Uh, they left before the rest of the crowd and headed hmm. toward the Capitol. And then he walked with them. And then and that, that gets into the whole to what extent did what groups coordinate it and uh, and all that. And they, how they got in these military formations, which is exactly the way you're taught in the military to, uh, you know, best pierce um, uh, a defense and all that sort of stuff mm-hmm. in a way that just wouldn't accidentally happen. Well, and it sounds from your description of the FBI guy's experience, the uh, the response was incredibly slow to the violence because yeah. they had an idea something well, funky he, was afoot early. Yeah. Well, he's a guy who showed up on purpose to, to, to scout it out and thought, OK, yeah, this is just a kind of a your typical Trump carnival. Um, but anyway, we'll talk more about that later, too. Spring! Rebirth! New hope! <laughs> Pollen! <laughs> I read a lot of poetry over the weekend, so maybe I'm oh. kind of maybe I'm kind of channeling some poetry. Yeah, I saw you tweeting about art and culture and poetry. Good man. Yeah, Very nice. I read, I read a thing. Actually, I, I took it from Tim Sandifer's uh, Twitter feed, but I read this thing about the importance of literature and poetry, and it uh, really, really impressed me. Um, we're the first culture ever, they think, that hasn't made poetry a focal point of its culture. We did, or we did for a couple hundred years, but like in the last 80, 90 years, it has disappeared. Interestingly, there's some poetry in mailbag. There's, it's more verse than poetry. We, we, the United States, we're spending more money. There are more employed poets in the United States than there ever have been in any society Hmm. in the history of the world. Yet less of the population that has any appreciation of it, or, or you know, the number of people that can rattle off a poem off the top of their head. Mm-hmm. It's always been very important. Hickory to so- dickory dock. <laughs> it's always That's been good. very important to societies. Of course, the pushback might be, well, it's because they had nothing else to do and they had no way to write things down, and you know, right, 
Right. It's like you go to some primitive place and they say, yeah, dog's eyes are our, uh, our speciality here. And you're like, oh, God, that's because you have to eat every single part of it because you got no cows. You got no TV. That's why you're reading poetry. Come on. <laughs> and uh, depending on how esoteric we want to get later in the show, I came across this and I was completely unaware of this. Almost everybody misinterprets the poem, the most famous poem in America, maybe the most famous poem in the world. The Road Not Taken by Robert Frost. Almost everybody misinterprets that and is used wrongly in commercials and graduation speeches and and business seminars and all kinds of stuff. Well, that sounds highbrow. It's really interesting. Oh, yeah. Like I said, depends on how esoteric we want to get on this show. Well, let me make four or five jokes about people's genitals between now and then, and that will kind of balance it out. Maybe scream that one party's bad and the other is good. Well, it's clearly true. And you would know it if you weren't a liberal. <laughs> Let's introduce everybody in the squad. That's it. You know, it's teamwork that makes the dream work. That's why we introduce everybody. That's our technical director, Michelangelo, pressing buttons, flipping toggles, pulling levers. I brought something for you, Michael. Hey, all right, cool. They're over here. Oh, I think I know what it is. Yep. Thank you, Jack. A dozen farm fresh eggs. <laughs> Yours are even far fresher than Sean's were. Sean's were, Sean's were several weeks laid I got early. Screwed. These were laid yesterday. Awesome. Wow. Oh. Yeah, they're for the wife. She will love those. Exploding I don't, I don't with chicken flavor. And again, this is all just, uh, I'm kidding, this is all radio theater, like War of the Worlds. <laughs> if it turns out I'm breaking some California yeah, law, it's, it's which I a, most certainly am. Right. It's that just an unfunny inspected bit. inspected and certified and sealed by the California Agricultural Association. Do you know how many children, especially minority children, could die from you giving out these eggs? <laughs> Anyway, how are you, Mike? I'm doing good. I don't know about you guys, but it started in our house uh, with Amazon Prime, and it has evolved to Amazon Prime, Netflix, Apple TV, yeah. Acorn TV, and BritBox, because she loves British programming, and now she wants to get Peacock. So, uh, yeah. I don't yeah, know started Brit with Box. one. Yeah, BritBox oh. is a lot of British programming. Nice. The way they spread the shows around, I'll search on a movie that we want to watch, and this one's what? This one's on Showtime, so I got to get the Showtime app, and then mm. what, the, what the heck? Ah. Or you could just read poetry by candlelight. Yeah, that's what I'm enjoying do. a nice fresh egg. That's what I should do and misinterpret Robert Frost. Exactly. There's a positive Sean, whose smile lights up the room. How are you, Sean? Doing quite well. Uh, running the simulations for today's NCAA uh, March Madness games, as there are more games active today. Yes. And worry not, my friends, I will have all of the latest predictions based off who would win should the mascots face off in a battle to the what? Everybody, that's right to the death. <laughs> And oh man, we got it. We got ducks. We got bobcats. We got uh, we got terrapins. We we got all sorts of stuff. The, the animal kingdom very well represented today. Awesome. Yeah, I heard there were some upsets over the weekend. That's crazy. I saw that uh, Illinois lost. Boy, a bunch of sad sack, flat-footed, half-ass losers. I wouldn't admit it if I went there. You know, if I were you, <laughs> you people who went to that did a rotten institution of lower learning. So you were brief. You must be ashamed. So you were briefly excited about the NCAA tournament. Mm, the what now? <laughs> Okay, I'm I'm Jack Armstrong, he's Joe Getty on this. How did it get to be already? Monday, March 22nd, spring, the year 2021, where Armstrong and Getty and we approve of this program. I burnt my diploma last night. To hell with it. Wow. So mad I was. All right, let's begin officially now, according to FCC rules, regulations. Here we go at Mark. How can you say the border is closed if there is this, what some would look at as a loophole? That's a decent question right there from uh, the Caesar haircutted Chuck Todd. <laughs> as 
He's really just got to shave it all. As the, uh, the administration's representative went around to all the shows announcing the border is closed. Whatever that means. Um, how <laughs> Except does... for the people we're letting in. Did the moose out front tell them? <laughs> <laughs> how does the mailbag look? Oh, it's great. It's uh, dripping with uh, culture and irony. Fantastic. I don't know. All on the way. Text line 415-295-KFTC. Armstrong and Getty. Strong and Getty Show. Wait a second, you don't eat eggs, Michael? No, I don't eat eggs. You don't eat eggs? What? What What kind of a person doesn't eat eggs? I have not liked eggs, like, ever. I mean, I'll eat anything with egg egg in it, but just egg-sucking dog. No. But in no no form. All of them delicious, by the way. Fried, poached, scrambled, deviled. I just deviled. don't like them. Oh. But deviled. <laughs> Have you ever egged anyone's house? Benedict. He's, you won't eat them in any form. No, no. You're like a... Over easy. You're like a four-year-old. Over medium. <laughs> just, I don't like the... Something about the smell is off-putting to me, too. Okay, so I gave side you, up. So I gave you a dozen farm-fresh eggs, yeah, and for, they're all for your wife. Yes. Which is fine, because she, like a normal person, eats eggs. Sean playing the role of Forrest Gumpty yes. Humpty Dumpty. Yes. <laughs> McMuffin. <laughs> Beautiful. Uh, mailbag. Oh, that's right. Uh, first of all, freedom-loving quote of the day from the great Shelby Steele. Writer, author, commentary, uh, commentator, thinker, uh, Hoover Institution scholar. <clears throat> uh, happens to be a black man. Not that that matters, although some of the quotes this week will be about race. The appeal of conservatism is the mutuality it asserts between individual and political freedom. It's beautiful idea of a free person in a free society. And it offers minorities the one thing they can never get from liberalism. Human rather than racial dignity. Think about it. And then this. Uh, I love this poem. Sent along by Sam I Am Shaking My Head. The only problem oh, with boy. this poem is it's got a bit of an issue with meter. And and at the risk of teaching a high school poetry class, you can't go, there once was a man from Nantucket who carried his brain around town from street to street and from west to east and north to south in, and this is curious, friends, in a bucket. Yeah, I have a feeling the point of this was to uh, discuss something political as opposed to uh, make a great poem. Yes, but again, Jack, if you're going to make your commentary in the form of poem, observe a little bit of poetic solidarity, would you? Or something. There's a lady who's sure all the glitters, and you might not expect this, because glittering does attract the eye, is gold. No! No! Anyway, so I've had to rewrite it slightly, but it's pretty good. To some here in Whoville, it's offensive, you see, to view a picture of a man from China. But not a who in Whoville even flitched once watching Cardi B's artful vagina. <laughs> that is from oh, Sam I Am oh. Shaking My Head. Oh, boy. Ah, yes. The entire nation was outraged that Dr. Seuss in a book for kids has a fella that looks like a Chinese coolie from the 1930s. But nobody cares about simulated intercourse at 7 o'clock at night on network TV. Well done, Sam I Am. Uh, here's uh, the Anonymous. 
Guys, if the Texas governor were to charter planes and just fly all the illegals into Dulles Airport and turn them loose near the Capitol, perhaps Congress would be forced to do its job. It may take a while, but they already have the fences up. And as, uh, let's see, as Ms. Pelosi has said, they have a plan. This way, they'd really be in control of the situation. I would pay, I would contribute generously to that program. Fly them all to D.C. Let's see. Here is, uh, we'll just keep everybody anonymous today. Anonymous. Uh, yes, it's tragic the mass shooting happened. What irks me is the fact that five Asian women were killed, not six. Delena Yuan is a white gal who married an Asian man. Look her up. Doesn't make any less tragic, but it does goes to show how journalists are no longer investigating reports. Well, as Andrew Sullivan uh, put it in a great piece we'll share with you later, when narrative replaces the news. Yeah, yeah. And that uh, that is a common thing with mass shootings. Uh, a narrative grabs hold early on, and and they, and uh, the media stays with it regardless of facts as they come out, uh, which is weird. But more on that later. Yeah, the coverage of that shooting has been insane. The border, coming taxes, all that stuff on the way. Armstrong and Getty. The Armstrong and Getty Show. With us reopening, it brings other issues. We have a surge of migrants at the border, and the authorities say we cannot take any more, any more uh, unskilled foreigners who don't even seem like they want to work. We already have Megan and Harry. That, that's. <laughs> so we're going to talk about uh, the. I think we may have crossed some sort of new line in terms of media coverage with the shootings in Atlanta. As weird as the media has been for a couple of years now, I think we've gone to like we've we've turned it to eleven in terms of just reporting stories completely differently than what happened. Right, right, Um, and it's uh, somewhat frightening. Well, it's bordering on fictional. I mean, it's not even like stretching facts anymore; it's inventing them. Yeah, and so a bunch of stuff to get to, but uh, on the border. It would seem that the media, right, left, and center now, has caught on to the fact that this is a a big deal and something needs to happen, and they're starting to get pretty skeptical about the Biden administration's uh, reasoning and all that sort of stuff. ABC this week, Martha Radich was down at the border and and asking a lot of questions about, um, you know, things were fine under the Trump policies, so even if you thought they weren't right, at least they were working, you know, that sort of thing. Holy cow, really? So this uh, Alexandro Alejandro... Alejandro Mayorkas. Mayorkas, who's the uh, Secretary of Homeland Security, did what rarely happens in the news biz, goes on all the big shows. Your meets the press, your face is the nation, your ABC this week, your so Fox, your CNN. It's a media bang-bang. Yes, it's a media bang-bang. You bang, go on bang, all bang, the bang, big, bang, bang. important shows where you're going to get your talking points out to the widest audience. Uh, we're not going to hit you with some of the talking points in these clips because there were a lot of long word salads that weren't answers that would just be boring to you. But here's an example of a couple of the questions, uh, Chuck Todd and Chris Wallace. How can you say the border is closed if there is this, what some would look at as a loophole? And I understand on humanitarian grounds, but if, if the goal is to get these asylum seekers to to seek the asylum in home country, Honduras, Guatemala, El Salvador, um, for instance. Um, how do you get them to do that if our policy is to let them in at the border? 
Why has the Biden administration refused to allow reporters to see for themselves and to record what the conditions are under which these minors are being housed? So those are some pretty tough questions from journalists. You'll have to, I know you're thinking, I'd kind of like to hear what he had to say. No, you don't. Just a long <laughs> word salad that had nothing to do with the question. Well, I did notice that uh, Little Caesar there, Pizza Pizza, Chuck Todd, uh, he several times spun his question in Mayorka's favor. What some people might, you know, claim is a loophole. And although you're trying your best, God, he's shameless. By meet the press standards, that's some pretty tough. That's 60 minutes right there. That's a grilling. (laughs) Wow. But here's an example of uh, Chris Wallace on Fox asking a question and the actual answer. It seems to me to say it's impossible to do because of COVID sounds like an excuse. We're working on providing access um, so that individuals uh, will be able to see what um, the conditions in a border patrol station uh, are like. But first things first, we are in the midst of a pandemic and we're focused on operations and executing on our plans. That's our highest priority. Uh, But we are providing uh, for that access. And certainly um, uh, reporters can see the Department of Health and Human Services facilities in which children are uh, sheltered for a longer period of time so so chris wallace asks him how come you're not letting any media in uh covid that's why that sounds like an excuse <laughs> well, well we're planning for future opportunities for that and uh can you imagine how the trump administration would have been treated if they wouldn't have let reporters in and, and said uh covid uh well future opportunities you know you can see the buildings or something i don't know what that thing was at the end there but right well for all they're either incompetence or intentionally trying to overwhelm the system which is uh one theory interesting they do understand that humans are dumb. I don't like humans. And that if we hear about it, read about it, we can be told about it by the most eloquent commentators of our day. That's one thing. But if we say video, then we're mad. So they just want to prevent any pics or videos from coming. Heartbreaking scenes unfolding at the border as little children cry for their mothers. You can read that all day long, but just see a video of a little kid crying, your heart melts. We should probably give a little of the pushback from a, a, an official on the Republican side. Uh, Senator Cotton was on that beat. Hit me with 56 there, Sean. It's rich that Secretary Mayorkas won't let press travel with him to the border, but he will come on your Sunday morning show and peddle the same kind of nonsense that has created the Biden border crisis in the first place. I mean, he's basically saying that the United States will not secure our border, and that is a big welcome sign to migrants from across the world. And I get the headline out of Mayorkas, the, the Secretary of, of Homeland Security, was the border is closed. We just want to make that clear to everyone. Stay home. The border is closed. <laughs> so, uh, and, you know, uh, to whatever extent that is true, it's got the whole barn door cow aspect to it. Well, and, and forgive me if the policy has changed significantly in the last couple of days. It was a busy weekend. But if you show up and say, yeah, I'm uh, politically oppressed and or uh, in fear of gangs or whatever, I am a refugee, I am applying for refugee status, then you're turned loose, aren't you? I wish I wish this would could force some sort of national debate where we finally get to the root of this and make a decision. Whether it's the one I like or not, just finally make a decision once and for all. How many people do we want? What skills do we think they ought to have, if any? What what ability to take care of themselves financially? A lot of countries do that. Go to Canada. You're going to have to prove that you can support yourself to go to Canada. 
Right. Well, and how many refugees, no matter how pathetic and jobless they are? Because we will take in a certain number of those. I mean, you had your Yazidi women being raped by uh, ISIS. I'm in favor of taking some of those. We do take in some of those. We take in more of all these kind of people than anybody else in the world. Uh But there is a limit. And I think anybody can admit there's a limit. Well, let's figure out what the number is and stick to it. How hard is that? I know it sounds like wacky talk radio email stuff, and it is, but I love the idea of bus. Every local governor, every border governor, I should say, every border mayor, and again, I will kick in generously to this plan, put these good folks on a Greyhound bus to Washington, D.C. with a nice meal and and, and some drinking water and the rest of it. Treat them if they're sick, but then put every man jack of them, every woman, every kid on a bus for Washington, D.C., drop them off right at the uh, the Capitol building. Or, you know, the neighborhoods of these people where they actually live, Nancy Pelosi's neighborhood, as close as you can get to it, because I'm sure there's uh, lots of gates and codes and uh, and uh, and cops that don't let you hang out there. But um, Well, you could put, put <laughs> Sunday morning. You could put the refugees there, but and I wish I knew the Spanish phrase for, I don't want to live here, there's too much poop on the street. <laughs> I, uh, I, I don't, came I don't from know the third phrase. world, and no this sucks. Gusta. I'll work on that. <laughs> I came from a slum in El Salvador, and I've never seen so much poop. <laughs> Google Translate. Oh, Siri, open Google Translate. Wait a minute. This this actually probably would work. Uh, I just fled El Salvador, but this is crazy. Siri, open Google Translate. Joe's actually doing this with his I phone. Actually, actually. Oh, it's already English to Spanish. Um, can I do it with voice? Yeah. I'm from a slum in El Salvador. And I've never seen so much poop in the streets. And here it goes. Okay, here we go. Soy de un barrio pobre de El Salvador y nunca había visto tanta caca en las calles. Yeah, I See, recognize that's, one of those. <laughs> that's what you would hear. Too much caca. Soy de un Well, what happened? Yeah, what she said. <laughs> Muchas place, gracias. This place sucks. I heard there were good restaurants here. They're all closed. So that's our little theater of what somebody from an else, a refugee would say, would they land in San Francisco? <laughs> For instance. <laughs> <laughs> oh, my gosh. <laughs> Um, we got, we just got this email from Emma. My boyfriend also does not like eggs. He never has. Thanks. Thanks for your note, Emma. How about that? Michael, you see, you're not alone. Yeah. Thanks for your support. Huh. I don't know if I've, I don't know. Can you trust someone who doesn't like eggs? Yeah. Michael's a very trustworthy person. As trustworthy as anybody I've ever known. Yeah. uh, In general, if I didn't know Michael, I'd say never trust a man who doesn't eat an egg. (laughs) That might've been my motto. You could have some huevos rancheros. Delightful. Mm. Yeah, there's another example. Really? When's the last time you tried them? When you were five? Have you tried them as an adult? I think when I was five. Something like that. Should fry you up an egg with some salt and pepper? Oh, Oh my God. How good is that? Give me four. You know, I'm the Dr. Drew of eggs. I think I can recognize it and diagnose this problem. Michael, I'm guessing it was like runny, yet room temperature (laughs) scrambled eggs. As a five-year-old. The only thing I could think of is that maybe I got sick on it or something. And yeah, then that it can happen. put me off 
Eggs forever or something. Yeah. I ate eggs, many, vodka, happens a lot of different ways. I ate too many pumpkin bars when I was about eight, and I didn't eat anything <laughs> pumpkin for like 30 years. <laughs> it took wow. me decades to come back. I think I was in my 40s before I had anything pumpkin ever again. Wow. So it can happen. I understand that, Michael. Uh, so we got much more to get to. <clears throat> Catching you up on the news from the weekend, and there, there's a lot going on. We'll try not to have it all be... Uh, Serious, life-changing stuff. But there's mostly good news on the COVID, which is, you know, another vaccine coming out. Uh, They're announcing today. And uh, did you hear what Dr. Gottlieb said about where we are nationally? We should play that for you when we come back. Excellent. It's got to put a smile on your face. That, among other things. Armstrong and Getty. The Armstrong and Getty Show. Well, I don't think we're going to have a fourth wave. I think what we're seeing around the country is parts of the country that are plateauing. We're seeing upticks in certain parts of the country. I think the fact that we have so much prior infection, 120 million Americans have been infected with this virus. The fact that we've now vaccinated, we've gotten one shot in at least 70 million Americans. Even if you account for the fact that maybe about 30 percent of the people being vaccinated previously had COVID, we're talking about some form of protective immunity in about 55 percent of the population. So there's enough of a backstop here that I don't think you're going to see a fourth Surge. We have got immunity in about 55% of the population as a minimum. It could be oh. way more than that with the, number of, with the number of cases that we don't know that, uh, you know, people got and had no symptoms. That means more than half the time the government, when the uh, virus tries to go somewhere, it can't go there. Right. And, and uh, Gottlieb announced a couple of weeks ago, he said, it seems like with this virus, if you get to about 40%, you've got it under control. And we're at 55% nationally. And L.A., uh, a half to two thirds of the uh, uh, people in LA have antibodies, according to uh, Mayor Garcetti yesterday on on the same program on Face the Nation. So LA's got really low caseloads right now, uh, like among the lowest in the entire country, and uh, in California's on the right track. So the only place he was worried about Gottlieb yesterday. Oh, one thing I should mention. You know, a lot of you ha- have been uh, saying for a long time that the media keeps trying to make this sound worse than it is. There's no doubt about that. I, I saw um, a story in the New York Post about Gottlieb and, and uh, Gottlieb concerned, and I read some quotes, and I thought, oh, man, i got to check out Face the Nation. Made it sound really negative and scary. It was an almost entirely sunshiny, positive, we're on the right side of this, and he had a couple of little caveats. And, of course, the New York Post and other media picked up on it and tried to make it all negative. I, I think if I can only give one piece of advice to media content consumption, it's try to seek out the source material yeah, yeah, as yeah. much as possible. Yeah, yeah true that. And, and when the, the posters made of Joe Gettyisms that we're going to sell on the Internet, uh, <laughs> one of them has got to be nobody ever tuned in to a report titled Tornado Not Coming Toward Your House. Yeah. Uh, but the scarier the, it is, the better it is. Or a girl with big breasts. The only, Either one. The only possible thing that Gottlieb was worried about is this new variant in New York that might be reinfecting people that already had it and might be uh, hitting people that have had the vaccine. They're not sure yet. There's some data that could make it look that way. And so mm. he said, we got to keep an eye on this. And that obviously would be troubling. But they don't know that yet. If that was from anybody else, I would dismiss it. 
But Gottlieb's been so reasonable yeah. throughout this. Yeah. That that does concern me because I can't tell you how many times I've heard people are getting reinfected. And then two weeks later, you hear it turns out, no, they weren't reinfected. Yeah. Uh, well, OK, we'll keep our eye on that one. Oh, this is big. Now, this was in the USA Today, which shocked me. Then I realized it was an opinion piece. But you know what's funny? And we've talked about this a long time. You can read a news story, quote unquote, news story in the New York Times. It doesn't have a single fact. It's just an opinion piece masquerading as news. This is an opinion piece, um, or I'm sorry, it's a news story masquerading as an opinion piece of the USA Today. New York Governor Andrew Cuomo may not be the only governor who covered up the deaths of vulnerable senior citizens during the pandemic. Uh, this group of people, the uh, Empire Center for Public Policy, I believe, is suing the state of Michigan to release information regarding Governor Whitmer's executive order that funneled nursing home residents hospitalized with COVID-19 back into nursing homes. Apparently, she issued her order on April 15, 2020, immediately following Governor Cuomo's action about, well, 10 days earlier. It's since come to light. That New York, of course, covered up those debts, et cetera. We followed that story. Uh, Michigan is one of only two states where the governor is exempt from freedom of information laws. And the only state where that exemption is written into statutes. So they're suing them to get the uh, the records. But that's crazy. Uh, thanks to the exemption, the governor's under no obligation to produce any records whatsoever, despite making decisions affecting the lives of every Michigander. Um, then they go into some of the evidence, et cetera, and uh, it looks like old Gov Whitmer may be on the hook, but it depends if there's any news coverage. Because the only reason Cuomo got covered is it's New York. Sure. He's a, a Democrat governor, so they have no taste for it, you know, at first blush. But it's New York. It's big news. So. And I truly and deeply apologize for it. Uh, one of the guys writing this, Steve DeLee, is the policy lead for Open Government and Transparency at the Mackinac Center for Public Policy. I mentioned earlier in the show I'm on a poetry kick. I'll talk about that uh, in one of the later hours. But uh, there's never been a society that paid more poets, but the populace paid more attention to poetry, less attention to poetry. Got this text. How did I escape this? Poets today are known as lyricists. We quote all kinds of poetry. They're in to songs. To a long, large extent, yeah. They're Rhythm, in songs. Rhythmic American poetry. We, we quote poetry all the time. I almost can't stop quoting poetry. It's yeah. in my head all the time, as poetry always had and has been in the history of the world. It's just got music to it. Yeah, of course that's what's going on. Yeah, not all lyrics are poetry. No, but a lot um, of it is. Sure, yeah. And where the line is, you know. Oh, that's I impossible. Holder. Yeah. Do you know who the best basketball player in America is? Uh, it's not LeBron James? I have No, no, uh, college. I'm sorry. Oh. I didn't make it clear what I was going to talk about. Um, saw this piece yesterday. I'm going to check her out. Paige Beckers, they're saying, is the best player in the tournament in March Madness by far. That's a woman there. That is a woman there. 19-year-old freshman for UConn. 5'11 point guard, which is tall by girl standards. And I saw some of the highlights yesterday, and she is something else. She is, uh, she's been on the cover of magazines since she was 14 years old, kind of like LeBron James. And uh, I texted my niece yesterday, who's a, a super uh, star basketball player, and was com- completely familiar with this woman. But if you're if you've got any girls or you're just interested in this sort of thing, I want to have somebody to look up to. Check out Paige Becker's UConn. They started the tournament last night. She's a husky. Ah, <laughs> uh, oh, oh, that's right. There was a new president uh, declared over the weekend. We all probably ought to talk about that. Not Joe did, Biden. Did you hear about this? No, he's old news. Rick Grinnell. 
He was the uh, DNI under Trump, first openly gay cabinet member. Got no credit, of course, in the media for that, but, you know, I'll, I'll not whine about that right now. Somehow, for some reason, if you Googled his name over the weekend, it said, well, let me click on this to make sure I get it exactly right. Richard Grinnell, President of the United States since 2021. Nobody quite sure how that happened or Weird. why. Twitter went wild, and, of course, uh, Grinnell himself uh, tweeted, I will run up the stairs without tripping and then announce a plethora of executive orders. Stay tuned. (laughs) And then he tweeted, I hereby order multiple desalinization plants to be built in California. I also hereby order new nuclear plants to be built in California. Oh, and Eric Swalwell hereby loses his security clearance. It's rumored that Mr. Grinnell may be running to replace Gavin Mussolini in Cal Unicorn. Oh, okay. Which would be exciting. Oh, yeah, that's right. Biden fell up the stairs on Friday. How that was covered, uh, Biden versus Trump, we've got some more details on that later. But the, the biggest media fumble, well, it wasn't a fumble, it was on purpose, was how they're treating the shootings in Atlanta and trying to make a narrative out of a story that just doesn't fit, but they're not going to give up. It's scary. As I said earlier, it's gone beyond spin, beyond stretching the facts to inventing them. It's fiction now. The news is fiction. Armstrong and Getty.